No one's born into hating another person because of the color of their skin. I'd like to welcome Bosco Anthony to the Productivities Podcast. Bosco, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, it's been a while, but uh, I'm actually I think this is the first time you and I have actually sat down on on yes for this for sure. I mean, we've sat down plenty of times in other venues. You know, whether it's social media camp when it was happening in Victoria, other events when events were happening in other places other than Victoria. Uh, last time we hung out would have been in Vancouver, uh, you know, just before sure. you moved to Australia, right? Because that's where you are yeah. now. Yeah, we were enjoying some libations with a, with a mutual buddy of ours, Aiden. Yep. But yep. Uh, yeah, that was the last time. Wow, time has flown. It has. It always does. Actually, there's a book that I'm reading. Um, I actually bought this a while ago. Um, Gretchen Rubin just listed it on her email, like on her Facebook page. She posts all the books that she's read, and it's When Time Flies by Alan Burdick, I believe. And I, I, I saw it there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I have that book, so I have to start reading. I'm doing a lot more reading, a lot more. Uh, I'm, I'm avoiding some of the TV stuff that, that I just really don't. For example, pro wrestling. You and I have talked about pro wrestling before. We, yeah. We've actually, um, and I'm steering clear of WWE now and focusing on AEW. So I'm doing less TV, watching more, reading more, listening and, and learning, and just trying to dig into some stuff that I've avoided or just not actively thought about. And what's interesting is when we scheduled this conversation, it was, uh, you know, hey, let's have it. Let's talk about productivity. And then a lot of things have come to come to come to the the fore since we booked yeah, we, that conversation. Yeah, we've had uh, a lot of interesting fashion trends lately. But uh, funny enough, I'm actually just finishing up High Performance Habits and the Five AM Club. I right. tend to read about five books at the same time, and two of them happen to be really reflected to uh, habits and and productivity. Are you uh, okay? Before I mean we're, this conversation. Um, because we're friends and we've known each other for a number of years, it's probably going to go in a bunch of different directions. But yes. right, right out of the gate, um, the five AM Club, um, Robin Sharma. Yes. Um, you know I'm a night owl. You, you, if I remember correctly, you like have been, but you're really trying to shift. Right? Is that right? I'm yes, I'm a recovering night owl. So <laughs> essentially, I uh, I used to be the guy that used to work at uh, one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, and I actually wrote my book. Uh, the first part of my book um, when I was staying up in, at night. And then I ended up uh, going through some health changes. And, uh, you know, I ended up investing in a Tempur-Pedic mattress. And so I started sleeping a lot better. And so I read The uh, Sleep Revolution by Arianna Huffington, I think. Yep, and yep. then I uh, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try this because I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of trends. And I started to see Robin Sharma dabble in the 5 a.m. club, and it was sort of like he's been writing this book for four years. And so, you know, I started seeing pieces and segments online, and then I, I ended up getting the book. And this is my second time reading the book. So um, I actually switched mid mid through, I think, 2019 is when I started to really nail the art of sleeping a little bit better. And so, yeah, I started waking up earlier and um, I started seeing like really high performance. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that I do better when the world is sleeping. You know, I have less distractions. A uh, little tip that I started doing was I stopped, uh, I, I use WhatsApp desktop as opposed to my cell phone. Right. And uh, that just it did stop interrupting my flow because the biggest thing for creativity is picking up your phone. That's like a, that's like a creative kill zone. So mm -hmm. I, um, so yeah, so I, I tried it and I liked it. 
And then I just, you know, I've been working with a bunch of corporate companies and it required me to be up anyways. So yeah, I'm usually up now organically without an alarm clock around four to four thirty. And it's it's interesting because I'm in Australia, so technically I'm on a different time zone from you, but I organically wake up here around four thirty-five typically. Wow. I see. And for me, I mean, it's interesting because you mentioned the idea of you want to work when the rest of the world is sleeping. And that's kind of why I've stuck with the night owl thing. So it's, yeah. it's really, I mean, much like with productivity, it's very personal. And I've been thinking a lot about um, productivity. I was listening to the the podcast uh, 1619, right? The New York Times uh-huh. uh, series, uh-huh. because I have spent, I'm spending more time um, trying to understand uh, racism, uh, black culture, I mean, right. also, and also to that degree, I want to look more into Canada's own, uh, you know, uh, situation with indigenous people and stuff like that. So I'm starting to explore that a bit more as well. And when I was listening to that podcast, and I talked to my wife about this yesterday, and I mean, this episode, we originally scheduled to go out later, but, um, you know, I wanted to to have this conversation now. So we're going to share it as soon as possible. But my wife, I, I, I was out and I was listening to the podcast, I came home, and some of the stuff that I heard that was happening back in the 1800s uh, has transferred to today in terms of productivity, like the amount of cotton being picked. If you pick too much, you would be expected to do that going forward. If you picked not enough, you were violently, um, you know, beaten. And, and some of those practices for quotas and things like that have transferred from, and I just, I remember sitting in my car going, how in the world did I not, pay attention to this stuff as greatly as I did before. And I mean, as with what's going on right now, um, has, how is, how is that landing with you? I mean, cause I mean, I, I, again, I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to try right. to understand. And we, and we had a bit of a conversation before we jumped on the call. Um, how is that landing with you right now? Does it seem like this is just another um, round or does it feel like something actually is going to happen this time? So, I mean, I appreciate you wanting to to get into this conversation. I can't tell you how many people didn't feel comfortable at first. You know, even my friends reaching out to me, a lot of them were really not comfortable and some of them were seeking permission to have the conversation. So I really appreciate the fact that you've taken a stance to <clears throat> openly say that you want to listen to the to the narrative. But here's the thing, Mike. I mean, there's multiple narratives. And so let's start off with history. So American slavery started at 1526. And after 339 years up to around 1865, that's when slavery ended and we entered into the era of segregation. So, you know, 1865 till around 1954, that's the segregation area. Mm -hmm. And then the 1954 to to now is what we called the um, undiscovered trends of racism. So racism has always existed. I mean, I looked at... You know, I was born in Tanzania. My father was born in Zanzibar, so he comes from a colonial era. And, uh, you know, that element of, of racism was a completely different element living in Africa. So that narrative is sort of rooted through history, but at the same time, it's a totally different cosmetic landscape to what's happening in North America right now. And so if you ask anyone, what does this mean right now? It's totally a different narrative. It's a mixed bag of chips. I mean, in Australia right now, you know, people are really uh, looking at this and, and talking about the indigenous problems within Australia. You know, I came to Canada just after 9-11 and I encountered forms of racism that had to do with, you know, being stereotyped as a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. And so 
everybody looks at this from a different narrative and it's a different conversation, but it's deeply rooted into history. And so the thing that I wanted to talk about was this, right? And it's, I look to history to see what's happening. And, and to answer your question, here's the biggest conversation that, that needs to happen. And that's this, no one's born into hating another person because of the color of their skin in their background or their religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught, taught to love. Um, because for love, uh, it comes naturally for the human heart, then it's opposite. And that's a quote from Nelson Mandela. And that really resonates with me. And so when this movement hit on Tuesday last week, Blackout Tuesday, I found myself wanting to write. I found myself wanting to have a conversation. And I didn't feel like I wanted to mute myself uh, as a man of color and also as someone that was born in Africa. Um, I can look at it from multiple narratives. But if we took my personal views aside, we can all say that the system is broke. And I think we are now in a, in a, in a time where we've become an awoken society and we, we, we're forced to have these conversations. But, you know, Will Smith said this best. And he said this, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. He said, um, you know, racism has been going on for many years. The only difference is we're recording it now. We're filming it. We're archiving it. We're become storytellers. And that, for me, hit home because just think about it. It was one video that went viral, and the world just changed. The landscape just changed. I, I was talking to some friends about the idea of sports right now. And right. I know you're like, you know, where is this going? And and <clears throat> people are really – I'm seeing a lot of people when they're looking I'm – a, I'm a sports fan. You know that. I mean, I, I yep. you know, I love – Meaning Canadian, you're watching hockey. Hockey got interrupted. A whole bunch of things got interrupted because of COVID-19, right? But uh, I've been thinking about distraction. Right. I mean, I do that naturally. That's the kind of work that I do. And I can't help but think that there's two primary reasons that there is a real push to bring sports back into the mix, even when things aren't necessarily ready, you know, in terms of right. – Number one is obviously financial, right? The economic aspect, uh, impact of bringing sports back to the equation, even though that there's no, probably no fans, but there's certainly television contracts or certainly merchandising, all that stuff. But I think a bigger one that isn't being talked about is the distraction piece, is the yeah. thing that pulls people away from these issues that are really, really important right now. Because if you're not learning and listening to what's going on with George Floyd and with, um, you know, just absorbing because there's no shortage of 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 ability uh for people to get access not just to what's happening right now like you said will smith saying it's not getting better it's getting filmed but also some of those lessons that can be taught through documentaries like 13th right and and, and mm -hmm. reading books like how to be an anti-racist i'm thinking like do you think that the sports piece is part of i mean do you think that that is something that is is definitely prevalent like when sports comes back is this going to is that Something that we have to consider, like the distraction piece? Well, I'll, I'll respond to that with a statistic. And the statistic is that NFL football replaced religion on Sunday um, <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah, you know? so, yep. so, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a person that, that wouldn't give you a biased opinion. I just tend to look at trends and statistics. And uh, that's, a, that's a statistic, whether you like it or not. It's an uncomfortable statistic, but it's the truth. And so, um, you know, if sports, if sports can replace faith, I think that it's probably a time right now where America is probably in need of it because, 
you know, it, it is a distraction. And, you know, I mean, I'm a fantasy football uh, fanatic. I, I, I came first place in my, in my, you know, business office league last year. And I spent most of my Sunday watching football and, uh, and Thursday nights and Monday nights. So, uh, you know, I think, I think it, it is definitely um, a trend and it's definitely something that, that distracts people, but it, it also, it also is called the look over there method. Right. But, mm. you know, can this movement have legs outside of this current time? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's being seen all around the world and people are putting their lives at risk putting on a mask and going towards a gathering, peaceful or not, you know, I'm concerned about a second wave hitting, you know, in a time of a pandemic and where isolation has become our our fashion trend for this year, um, you know, people are putting themselves at risk. And so obviously this is a topic and a conversation that's of meaning. And no matter where you stand, you know, no matter where you point the finger and where you analyze this from, um, you know, and no matter what the situation is, what sparked the outrage was the blatant disregard of human life. Mm. Now, I left Africa just after 9-11. I left Tanzania after the American embassy bombing in East Africa and uh, in, you know, in Nairobi and Dar es Salaam. And I also left Tanzania just after the Rwandan Burundi genocides. And so in some ways I've become, I'm sad to say this, but I've become desensitized to some of these things, you know, and I've seen death at a very young age. And so as a young boy, you're, 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 you're desensitized to death. And for people in the West, a lot of people haven't seen this before. So no matter what your stance is on, no matter where you feel, you know, the, the root cause of pain is watching someone die, you know, and then it going viral. And, the, and, and, and then you have all the other narratives. You have the narrative of color, of authority, of responsibility. They're, they're even talking now about defunding the police. You know, there's so many different topics of conversation. So, you know, look, I, I think I, I empathize with the people going through pain. I empathize, empathize with people that want peace. Um, I, I'm not one of the people that's going to come on here and say that there's one narrative. There's there's multiple narratives, and all I can say is is in order for us to make sense of where we're going, we need to look at history, and and that's been always my guiding principle is where we come from, and when you look at the American history and you look at where things came from and where people moved and migrated from Africa to North America, you know. It's going to have a ripple effect. In in Africa right now, we're talking about a new colonial superpower that isn't the European powers, and it's a superpower that's come from the East that's funding countries, and then when those countries default on their loans, they're taking natural resources, you know? And it's a conversation, if you talk to people in Africa, they're having that conversation right now. Africa is developing. It's one of the fastest mobile countries in the world for payments. And, you know, most of the people that use digital in Africa are, are, are tech savvy through cell phones. But let's not forget that there's a sleeping giant out east that is building its power because it's given loans to a lot of these countries because they require these loans to improve their infrastructure. And as soon as they default on those loans, this country is gaining even more power by taking those natural resources. And no one's Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. 
It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Talking about Okay, we're going to take a break from the conversation now to talk about the sponsors of this episode. We're going to kick things off with SetApp. SetApp was founded by MacPaw, the company behind other popular Mac apps, including CleanMyMac and Gemini, both of which I've used. And SetApp now has more than 180 apps, 180 high quality apps into one, one location. It's great. There's an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started. Now I'm looking at my set app setup right now and some of the apps I'm using include Bartender which allows you to take full control of your menu bar on your Mac. I've been using it for a really long time. Be Focused is a productivity timer that I think would be great for you to use. Better Touch Tool which my friend Brett Terpster has talked about before and I'm I'm into that as well. Uh, there's so many great apps available through setup and it's a great value too it's just 9.99 a month so instead of paying thousands for separate licenses there's just one flat monthly fee and new apps are being added all the time to setup and updates are free and all the apps are full featured pro versions setup has a dedicated curation team as well and they only select the highest quality apps so you know that you're going to get some great apps when you use setup you don't have to spend time on app discovery and testing 
let me do that. No, <laughs> let Setup do that for you because Setup makes it easy to get the best tools when you need them. They're already in Setup. Setup is a subscription for Mac apps. I love it and I know you will too. So what I want you to do is give Setup a try. Just visit setapp.com and give it a free trial for seven days. Again, I'm getting a lot out of Setup. I've been using it more and more since I dove back into it and I know you'll get a lot out of it too. So again, check out setapp.com and get that free seven day trial today. And I'd like to thank Setup for sponsoring this episode of the Productivityist Podcast. I've been talking a lot about learning lately, and now I'd like to talk to you about how the UCI Division of Continuing Education can help you learn as well. They offer convenient quality online education, and UCI is not new to online education either. They've been providing it for years to students' quality online courses. Established in 1962, the UCI Division of Continuing Education has been offering education for adult learners in Orange County for over half a century, and they maintain over 30,000 enrollments from students worldwide each year and offer hundreds of exciting courses and programs to local, regional, and global constituencies. You can learn online courses from expert instructors with industry experience, and these online courses offer flexibility and a real immersive online classroom experience. You can even collaborate with your peers. Now, there are two types of programs that I want to talk to you about. There's certificate programs and specialized studies programs. Certificate programs offer an in-depth body of knowledge to ensure you gain mastery of a particular topic, whereas specialized studies programs feature shorter, more concentrated curricula for those that are short on time. Now, both are distinctive achievements that can help prepare you for career advancement or transition. The UCI Division of Continuing Education has a plethora of categories that they offer online courses and certifications in, including business and leadership, IT, project management, law, human resources, and over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs designed for the working professional. I want you to take advantage of what the UCI Division of Continuing Education can offer you today. Enrollment is open now for the summer quarter. Courses begin as early as June 22nd. So if you are interested in learning more about these programs, but you're also concerned about the cost, well, UCI has scholarship options for those that qualify. All you need to do is visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to get 15% off of one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to get that 15% discount. This offer is only valid until July 31st, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. And the discount is almost for every single one of the certificate programs. The exceptions only include coding boot camps, international programs, teacher credentialing programs, and test prep courses. So what are you waiting for? Get your learn on today. Yep, I said it. Get your learn on today. <laughs> Visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING. Get 15% off of one course today. Now it's time for the Productivityist podcast pick of the week. And I'd like to recommend a, a podcast that probably doesn't need my help in terms of promotion, but I, I really do love the work of Brene Brown. And I've just started listening to her podcast, Unlocking Us. She describes the program as conversations that unlock the deeply human part of who we are so that we can live, love, parent, and lead with more courage and heart. There are a wide variety of episodes. She interviews uh, Jay and Mark Duplass. Uh, that's one episode I'm looking to uh, listen to. But the episode I'm, I'm, I'm really focusing on right now is the most recent episode as of this recording. 
and it's with Ibram X. Kendi on how to be an anti-racist. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time lately uh, kind of diving into this and listening and learning, and this episode provided me that opportunity. It's a fantastic conversation, and if you're going to get started with the podcast, it's again, it's fairly new, so there's you know not that massive of a back catalog, but it, it you know I'm I'm starting with this episode, and I'm going to go back and listen to some more. But again, I've been a huge fan of Brene's work for a long time, and I encourage you to check it out. The podcast is called Unlocking Us by Brene Brown, and it's my Productivity is Podcast pick of the week. Now let's get back to my conversation with Bosco Anthony here on the Productivityist podcast. One of the things that, that I've been <clears throat> trying to do, obviously, is spend some time learning. And, and right. I mean, I have alert, like I basically have as part of usually what's part of my what I call my minimum viable productive day or what I call my daily waves. Lately, it's been all about optimizing and maintaining, especially since the kids are home and COVID-19 and all of that stuff. But normally right. it's right audio, video, exercise, study. And I'm really trying to get back to the study aspect. Right. People. And again, when you're talking about attention, your attention gets pulled in a bunch of different directions. We just touched on that with the distraction piece. If people want it, like, how do you if you're wanting to learn something or or foster your your knowledge about a specific area like let's say like you know um about what's going on i mean clearly you're you you keep your finger on the pulse of a lot of different things how do you set yourself up to be able to do that on a consistent basis without having that necessarily fall through the cracks so i i believe in a spartan creed it's a spartan warrior creed and um, it's a saying that says he who sweats more in training bleeds less in war and uh I've lived by this creed for a very long time. And so I look at research and I look at information and knowledge as my practice and training ground, Mike. And I think that's the reason why I built a name for myself when I started speaking at Social Media Camp. And it's why you and I got into so many you know, conversations. And I, I think one of the coolest things about our friendship is we could meet for coffee, breakfast, or dinner, or even a libation, and we could talk for hours. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason is, is because we both love knowledge. And so, you know, for me, I think it goes back to your purpose and the fabric of your DNA. I'm, I'm a curious mind. And so I don't look at research or, you know, staying dedicated to, to, to learning things as a, um, as, as, you know, one of those tasks that you're like, oh, I got to go do this. Like, I got to go vacuum the floor. I look forward to it. And, and I, I tend to embrace the research and knowledge during my creative times, you know, in my creative time blocks. Typically, it's in the morning or in the evening. Um, and lately, sometimes in the afternoon, too, I'll take I'll take some time to either, you know, I, I still love reading the newspaper once a week. You know, like I know that sounds weird, but I actually love the feel of paper in my hands. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, research is an important part of my role as a digital strategist. And because I'm a speaker that's been on the road, you know, 30 to 40 times a year pre pandemic, um, you know, I have to stay on the pulse. So. I feel like there's three ways of resources that I, I look to. So the first is, you know, just not just looking at Google and, 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 and believing things, but also fact checking and also looking at alternative news to kind of look at it from different lenses. And so, you know, it allows me not to just have one perspective, it allows me to have multiple perspectives, which, you know, when you're not biased to one perspective, it allows you to absorb more information at a quicker, rapid pace. So in some ways, I feel like I'm a journalist that's curious about 
landing on narrative but not knowing what the narrative looks like. Mm. Um, this, the second element is my tribe. Uh, and so I'm fortunate to have a tribe that is very smart. And sometimes I'm around people that are smarter than me. And it doesn't threaten me. It doesn't really impact my ego. Because if I take away one new thing or one area to look at, then I've won. You know, and so so that is a is a second element to 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 preparing and learning. But the most important thing is learning has just become part of my DNA and listening has become part of my DNA. And I've been doing this for probably about eight to 10 years. And I feel that's the element, the crucial missing element that's allowed me to grow and step up, you know, and if you don't embrace growth and you're scared of it, then it also hinders your performance. How do things like uncertain elements that come into play during, you know, I mean, how does that affect your productivity? I mean, I know that you've, yeah. We, yeah, I mean, cause I think that's, that's besides the aspect of saying, you know, this is how I operate. I'm you, right. you and I've had this conversation, you I mean, you know, that I love to engineer certainty wherever I can. I mean, to it, to mm -hmm. a degree, I don't, I'm, and what's hilarious is that we've also had the conversation where some people I've told you, like some people find it be very rigid, but once you do something for an extended period of time, it's not as rigid. It doesn't feel rigid, right? It's like when you first start doing it, because you kind of find the ways to bend, bend the the framework a bit, right? But when right. so much uncertainty is going on, when you think about it, like right now, there is we there everything changes from day to day, week to week. I mean, daily themes have helped me during this process for sure. But I mean, I'll give a personal example right now is that you know things have opened up a bit more back, uh, you know, as 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 we're recording this in uh, British Columbia. I mean, we've have. We have zero cases of COVID-19 on the island at this point, on Vancouver Island. Right. Uh, schools. Right. My son is back in school two days a week part-time. That was something that I did not think would happen. Um, every week, something different seems to be happening, which then changes the game, which can affect the way you operate. I think anxiety plays in. So how do you deal with like so much uncertainty and yet staying productive within the confines of that? Um, you know, that's a really good question, Mike. And, and so <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm thinking about this from, from um, a book that I read, and I think it was called The Blue Zones, but essentially it talked about how people were content and happy with not having much. Yeah. The, and there was the, a study. The Blue Zones of Happiness by Dan Buettner, I believe, right? Yeah. 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 And, and so, you know, it reminded me of a time in Africa when I was going through Egypt and a bunch of other places. I've traveled quite a bit, fortunately. And, you know, I met some of the most simple people in life that don't have an RSP or, you know, an American savings account or, you know, a, a, a retirement fund. And they're some of the happiest people that will welcome you into their house and share their food and the limited, you know, uh, space. Um, and, and they just, you know, live for the moment. And I feel like the further out east you move in the world, there's a lot of that going on. I don't think anyone can control certainty. I don't think anybody can control uh, having a plan because life has a funny way of showing you that you're not in control. And I, and so, you know, I've been telling people that I've been doing the remote workspace before it became a fashion trend, mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like, you know, do we have moments where we struggle? Absolutely. You know, and do we have areas where we stumble, you know, we're human, but you know, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. And so, you know, is it important to know when you're having moments of fear? Absolutely. Is it, is it important to articulate it? Yeah. Have I gone through that? Absolutely. But I think my mind just goes into the fact that, you know, 
we tend to to sort of over catastrophize what's going on sometimes mm. and i feel like you know at the end of it you know the the world kind of slowed down for a month and you know ad spend you know decreased drastically businesses kind of laid people off and you know the world just went into like survival mode and any person you ask that got laid off or or you know like any person that that was affected by this, let's say, in the retail or the bar sector, you know, they 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 tell you like this sucks, but they understood why they were being laid off, mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, it was the the survival and human mankind, you know, s sustainability that was at the forefront, and so the people who got laid off eventually got called back, some of them, and 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 rehired. And granted, there's a massive workforce that is now in need of a migration shift as well, but. You know, we sort of as humans kind of adapted and try to find ways to kind of move around it. That that's the fabric is is we're a resilient tribe if we choose to be. And so I, I feel like for myself as a person, I think my mind was my biggest weapon, my mindset. And so I really relied on technology to connect with people, to have different perspectives. Uh, to talk to people when I felt scared or, or you know, I had moments of fear or vulnerability. And, and I think I really just embraced it. Um, and so I wasn't avoiding it. I wasn't telling myself, like, is this really happening? You know, it, it's one of those moments, you know, it's kind of like a WrestleMania moment. You've mm -hmm. got to take a few hits before you actually perform. And I think that's what happened to us as, as a society is we took a couple of hits in multiple areas. And then all of a sudden after a month, the world started kind of adjusting and going, okay, right, we got to work our way around this. You know, restaurant business started having takeout. Um, you know, we started having social distancing measures when we came to essential services. Eventually, things started getting lifted. And so, you know, we, as a human society, we work through the challenges. And we haven't got it. We haven't nailed it. But we're trying. You know, there's there's hope. New Zealand has had its first uh, first country to have no active cases right now, and so they went on complete lockdown and they went into you know stage four restrictions and and then as soon as they you know they came out of those, they were rushing to get burgers from the joints, you know, the fast food joints. So I think at the end of the day, man, I think mindset plays a big thing. As we get close to wrapping up, Bosco, I want to talk about like you mentioned, you know, the idea of we're trying, and we are in some trying times right now. There's no question, right. but. How do you, what do you recommend people do if they are, I mean, you've built a business and I mean, there's going to be links in the show notes to all the stuff that, that, you know, not only what we've talked about, but also your background and, and what you've done, um, how you've navigated some trying times throughout your, throughout your life. You know, I mean, you, hell, you just moved <laughs> across, you just yeah. moved not too long ago to a completely different continent, um, again. Um, right. so what if someone is really struggling with the the trying times that we're in what do you rec what what's a simple step or, or or maybe something that you recommend they can do to kind of just get perspective and and feel like they can find a way forward are you referring to personal or business or Bo both both i mean cuz i think there are some even though even though you know we want to try to separate those to a degree especially right now when everything is kind of blending together i think the uh -huh. the, the ability to handle both, I think, is, is important. So, I mean, look, I think uh, self-talk is a big, big one right now, personally. And I feel like, um, you know, the the language you have with yourself is the language that basically portrays itself through your actions. 
And so, you know, we're all trying to figure it out. And and no one has a magic pill when it comes to personal survival and resilience. I think it comes from people. It comes from inspiration. It comes from um, it comes from listening. But more importantly, it comes from the tribe and the people you surround yourself with and what narratives you're feeding yourself. Now, how does that impact you professionally? Well, you know, we're still at an age and era of storytelling, you know. When illusion is, you can't tell the difference between illusion and reality. When you can't tell the difference between story and marketing, and we, when you can't tell, you know, the difference between author and audience, that's when you have immersed yourself in that era of storytelling. And you know, I, I think of IKEA, you know, and this is, I'm always looking for good news. And so I, I really re- respect and appreciate IKEA uh, during the pandemic era. And the reason why I really respect them is because they listened to the current times and nailed a beautiful piece of storytelling. And you'd appreciate this having kids at home. Mm. So IKEA came up with a storytelling concept and it was basically how to use their furniture to build forts. Okay, so right. you ask yourself, why does this stand out? Well, let's think about this. Your entire workforce is working remotely. They've become overnight teachers, parents, and employers or employees or business people. So they're wearing three hats, you know, run the house, help the kids, teach the kids, and, you know, try to survive financially. And Ikea gets that. And so they took the fun out of something and said, you know, here's our furniture, here's a couple of ideas to make some home forts. And they told a beautiful story about how to navigate through these current times. And I respect them for that. I mean, talk about effective listening. And I look at like Ben and Jerry's, and they just came up with, you know, some statements. They were one of the pioneers that actually made some bold statements. And, you know, even the NFL right now are now recognizing Colin Kaepernick for for uh, kneeling and, and, you know, took a different stance. And brands are now coming to life because they're paying attention. They're not, you know, deflective of a perspective. They're, they're actually going, we're listening to what the message is on the ground and we're going to come up with meaningful content. And so in order for you to give out meaningful content, you have to absorb meaningful content. And so, you know, from a business and a personal perspective, immerse yourself in the story. And like, and, and that story comes not from one source. It comes from multiple sources in your tribe. Um, you know, it's like you and I, we went into this wanting to talk about so many ideas, you know, the life of a speaker. And we wanted to talk about this from a perspective of productivity and performance and this was pre-pandemic era. And then all of a sudden we were like, okay, right, we can go on that, but maybe that's a different episode. Maybe that's a different time. Maybe we need to talk about what's going on right now. And that's that's the beauty about story is, you know, you, you might go in with an agenda. You might, you know, just when you think you know the questions, the answers change, or you might reverse that and say, just when you think you know the answers, the questions may change. So I feel like, you know, as a person right now, it's really about just having those conversations. Well, we had a great conversation today, Bosco. Thanks so much for taking the time. Where can people keep up with you and your work and learn more about what you what you have to offer to the world? Well, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to live in a transparent era. So everything at Bosco Anthony and all the different social platforms is where you can find me, even though I'm down under, as they say. But uh, yeah, no, I, I have a digital mentoring practice and I, I consult brands digitally. And uh, you can find me digitally through all the mediums at, at Bosco Anthony. And I really appreciate you having me, Mike. Thanks so much for taking the time today, Bosco. I really appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Stay safe.